snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles, touchdown. He goes. It's Hester. Inside the 30. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. You're listening to the Pigskin Project, the world's number one football podcast. Now with more insights on all things football, here are your hosts, Ben Hansen and Ryan Matthews. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 100th episode of the Pigskin wow. Project. It's insane, yeah. Um, lots of news to cover, um, but I, I will say this, I will preface this. Because we are known for pigskin pick them. We are known for pigskin payout. We will not be doing either this week because the Super Bowl is next week and we'll be covering it all next week. It's a big mm-hmm. week, um, you know, because this is when we get to see, you know, head coach fill-ins, GM fill-ins, et cetera, et cetera. Um, however, before we get into any of that, Ben, how you doing, man? Ah, I'm doing good, man. School, school started to pick up a little bit, so – um that's why we originally pushed it back a little bit mm-hmm. um so it's been uh it's been busy for sure uh but it's been good it's been good so how are you that's doing awesome good man um you know i guess we'll just dive right into it just because i'm excited about the news um but first you know obviously we'll get to one headline that i don't really find as you know appetizing it's it's too it's just something to get out of the way jets and assistant gm rex hogan have agreed to part ways Nothing too big. Um, But this is the big thing for me personally. Um, The Bears have finished filling out their coaching staff, and it is impressive. And there's different takeaways that I have for this and everything as well. Um, And and normally, you know, as I addressed, I believe it was last week or the week before maybe, um, we're not really going to go over, like, positional hirings as well. Um, But this is, like, the one exception for me just because I'm excited about this and there's a direction that the offense is going that I want to discuss at least a little bit. Um, So, obviously, they signed – or they they hired Shane Waldron as their offensive coordinator, like we mentioned. You said the Jets have finished their coaching hires. Oh, I'm sorry. The Bears finished out. Yeah, it threw me off there for a second. Finished (laughs) filling out the coaching staff, but the Jets were the ones that agreed to part ways with their assistant GM. So. Uh, but anyways, yeah, the Bears are finishing out their coaching staff. Um, I really like it. Shane Waldron as the offensive coordinator um, from Seattle. He has experience in the McVay tree. Um, you know, Eric Washington, the defensive coordinator now. Um, he's coming from Buffalo after working there the last four years in the game. Um, this is the big one that was kind of confusing to me because it was a hire that kind of worked backwards for him. Thomas Brown is our new passing game coordinator, and he was the Panthers offensive coordinator last year. Um, mm-hmm. He also worked in the McVay tree, and he was notoriously known. I want to say um, it was like the third ranked offensive coordinator in the league or something like that is what I read. I don't know. Oh, I, that wow. feels very subjective, but as a passing game coordinator, I'll take it. Um, he worked under McVay as a, an assistant head coach and running backs coach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, then we also got Chris Beattie. 
um, who was a wide receivers coach from the Chargers. And if you guys follow me on Twitter, I guarantee you saw this tweet because it kind of popped off um, compared to like my normal ones. Um, so, you know, looking at that, um, you know, I was, I was a lot, I, I was very excited about this. Um, you know, he coached Percy Harvin in high school, which Ben, we've had several conversations about Percy Harvin. Um, yeah, sure. he led, yeah, he led Hampton university to the seventh highest scoring offense in the FCS in 2006. Um, he coached DJ Moore at Maryland. So they're reuniting here. Um, DJ Moore that year was big 10 wide receiver of the year. He set an NFL single rate, uh, single season record with the Chargers in 2022 by having at least four receivers with at least 500 receiving yards and three touchdowns. That being Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, you know, Carter and Palmer as well. Um, led all AFC receiving cores with 512 receptions as wide receivers coach for the Chargers over the span of two seasons. And the 2023 stats are pending. Um, he coached Keenan Allen to his fifth Pro Bowl appearance and coach Mike Williams to his breakout year as well. Um, I expect the wide receiving core to go off. Um, You know, I'm excited about that. And there's obviously other reasons as to why I think the wide receivers core will go off, but we'll get to that when I do my mock (laughs) off season. Um, Kerry Joseph. Yeah. Uh, Kerry Joseph, uh, the new quarterbacks coach from Seattle, and then Chad Morton, the new running backs coach from Seattle as well. Now, you know, this is huge for the bears in my opinion. Um, not just because it looks like they're finally doing their due diligence and evolving the game of, you know, where the offense is going compared to where it's been in Chicago. Um, you know, we've talked about it before, the old run and gun, you know, big defense, run, good run game doesn't necessarily work in, the, in, in this game anymore. But you look at where this game is going and you, you know, think about where Seattle's been. I mean, Shane Waldron, Kerry Joseph, and Chad Morton have done a pretty good job of coaching, you know, Geno Smith to where he's at right now and Kenneth Walker where they're at right now and Zach Charbonnet. And, I mean, he had some explosive runs. Um, he wasn't RB1 material. But he's just where he needs to be as a rookie, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, looking at that, they did just as good as I would hope if they're going to be coming into the Bears and doing the same exact thing. But the biggest key takeaway for this, and I don't know about you, but the biggest key takeaway for this is knowing that they were talking about Caleb Williams behind the scenes when they were hiring their offensive coordinator and the company alongside him. Um, Mm -hmm. According to multiple sources that I've read, um, people were chomping at the bit to become the new offensive coordinator for the Bears because of the opportunity to coach Caleb Williams and that's one thing that they kind of advertised and they were putting their candidates in situations what you would do with a guy like Caleb Williams um this is purely a staff that's meant to develop a new quarterback in my opinion and as much as it sucks because I'm a big fields guy and I wish him the best no matter where he's at but it seems like we're leaving him in the dust with this new game plan and you know especially with this new coaching staff that's meant to develop a quarterback it sucks to finally see it after fields has spent three years in a garbage program you know <laughs> with somebody else instead it's a little little trashy but at the same exact time it's still pretty big what are your thoughts yeah no it, it's a good coaching staff and, and you're talking about how, how you know people are chomping at the bit to, to get in there and, and be the coach for Caleb Williams and whatnot um yeah now imagine if you had a head coach that was chomping at the bit and who you guys could have got um, to do that, that's a guy that's like maybe Ben Johnson, and maybe Ben Johnson stayed for another year. And I'm sure you were going to get into that because he mm-hmm. wants to be the Bears head coach next year. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm excited about. We'll go ahead and talk about that briefly too. Um, he's staying with the Lions instead of pursuing the head coaching job in Washington that we both thought was a done deal last week, basically. But after mm-hmm. the loss of the 49ers, he believes that there's still some unfinished business to take care of in Detroit. I respect it. However, he's leaving next year, in my opinion. But hey, we said the same exact thing about Ian Cunningham, and he's probably going to stay for a third year. Well, that, mm-hmm. but we also, I mean, we said the same thing about him last year. It's like, oh, like what? He didn't take a coaching job last year? Oh, yeah. he'll definitely take a coaching job this year. Um, but I guess the big report coming out of that was like, I guess the number he wanted was like just absolutely like shocking to teams. Like mm-hmm. he just wanted like a just this crazy contract and uh, no teams were willing to give it up, which right. like I I understand it, uh, you know, in a sense that you don't want to give like this crazy contract out to a dude who's, you know, unproven and hasn't done it. But I mean, I don't know if you're you, a team like Washington, that's going to take their quarterback in the first round. If I want anyone coaching him, it's Ben Johnson. It's yeah. So of course, um, next coaching hire, um, the Seahawks have hired Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald as their new head coach. little fun fact for you. He's half the age of Pete Carroll. Um, so, you know, there's that, but I'm excited to see that Seattle defense, um, specifically the secondary underneath Mike McDonald. That's going to be awesome. Um, But the one that I kind of want to focus on is one that people aren't necessarily the most um, educated on. Um, The Packers have hired Boston College head coach Jeff Hadley to be their new defensive coordinator. Um, And a lot of people are like, cool, who's that guy? Like, never heard of him before. (laughs) Um, In 2023, Boston College's defense was ranked top 30 nationally in passing yards allowed with 197.2 per game and completion percentage with 58.1%. Um, in 2021, Boston College's defense was ranked third in passing yards allowed, which was 173.5. They were also top 30 in six other defensive categories, total defense, first downs allowed, third down percentage, team passing efficiency, and defensive touchdowns. He also led the ACC in fewest penalties and fewest penalty yards. Um, and then a little fun fact, because it's not that he's only worked in the college level, he's also served alongside Packers offensive coordinator Adam Stenovich in San Francisco, alongside, guess who, Kyle Shanahan. So um, pretty big for the Packers there. Um, but, you know, when you talk about a guy that's good at defending the pass, it's kind of ironic when you've got a division rival that might draft a generational quarterback. You might want to learn how to defend that. <clears throat> Take your notes, Green Bay. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my big point there on the Packers as well. And then that's really it for the um, coaching hires, unless you have something else to add. Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, a, few, a few things here. Um, I love the Mike McDaniels hire again. Now, for those who don't know, Mike McDaniels, like I said, I, you know, we were joking that um, he'd get passed around there. McDonald. In Michigan. Uh, McDonald. Or, yeah. Mike McDaniels, yeah, the defense. Yeah. 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 He was Michigan's D.C. Uh, and before he was Michigan's – well, he was obviously Ravens D.C. Before he was Ravens D.C., he was Michigan's D.C. And before he was the D.C. at Michigan, he was actually the Ravens linebacker coach. Absolutely love him. Uh, he came in here and absolutely changed that uh, defense for – um the wolverines uh and he's more of a culture guy uh, his defense is gonna be great like he's gonna go somewhere and the defense is gonna be really really good um, i'm very excited to see what he does uh like you said with that passing defense with uh, a guy like um devin witherspoon back there and um i'm gonna cry that i'm forgetting his name but the kid from uh 
the, the sophomore kid. I'm going to blank his name, and it is going to make me cry here. Um, but I'm just excited to see what he's going to do there. Uh, but but the big shock is Ben Johnson. So I would say the top three out of the four candidates, uh, for anyone who ranked them going into the offseason, it was Jim, and obviously Jim got hired. Uh, and this is in no particular order here. Uh, was Jim, Mike, Ben, and Bill. And uh, Tyreek Wollin, by the way, was uh, the, the cornerback. I was couldn't remember the name of. Um, but three out of the top four coaching candidates are most likely. I mean, we don't know what's going on there with Washington, and and maybe Washington ends up hiring Vrabel or or um, Bill, which would shock me both ways because you think you'd want to yeah. go the offensive route with uh, the number two overall pick and, and Drake May most likely. Um, but it, it's shocking that like these guys are coming back and neither of them got jobs. And this is part of the reason that I would have hoped that like, you know, the Eagles, they hired um, their new OC. They hired um, uh, Kellen. Um, it's okay. You know, it's a fine hire. I could care less, but like I would take Rabel for a year or two years at my defense. as like, oh, my yeah. DC. Shoot. Sure. I mean, I'm sure you would too. I mean, like anyone would. So I wish, I, you know, yeah. but it'll be interesting to see where they go. I wouldn't be surprised if Mike, especially if pulls a um, uh, Doug Peterson doesn't do anything for a year. That's what Doug did uh, after his time with the Eagles uh, and kind of similar situation kind of got fired and, and, and no one kind of expected it uh, sits out a year, doesn't do anything football related. And then a team's going to come call in and, and, you know, give him some big money. So. I'm just confused just because like Vrabel, you know, he had multiple interviews with the Falcons and it's gone nowhere. Like, you know, normally when you look at multiple interviews with a head coach, that's typically something that's, you know, signaling, hey, this is probably going to be the guy or at least a finalist to where if one guy well, goes, he was a finalist. I mean, what I heard was it was between him and Raheem Morris. And then, yeah. um, I mean, as we know, Raheem Morris got the job there and, like I said, the only job opening left at this point is is uh, the Commanders. But I mean, it, it sounds like it was between him and uh, and Raheem, um, and mm-hmm. it sounds like you know Raheem was a better fit there, which is a little shocking. But I don't know. Yeah. Um. This next one, I'm sure this is over, but I just wanted to throw this in just to mess with you. Um. Jason Kelsey says it's going to be hard to retire after watching his brother play in the Super Bowl. Um. <laughs> dude's acting like the decision's not made yet. Um, I feel like it's done, but I also feel like with players, it is hard to step away from this game, especially by choice. Uh Um, you know, especially when you end the way that you did, um, you know, looking at that, it's, I feel like Jason, you know, if he really wants to come back, he's just going to come back. Um, I feel like at this point, you know, he wants to go out on his terms, not Adam Schefter's, you know, I get it. Um, I, I, I mean, massive respect to him and what he's done since the Eagles have lost because, it, I mean, he's just nonstop fun. Um, did, I, yeah. I don't know. Did you see what I sent in the group chat? I did. We had love to, I would buy it immediately. <laughs> he wants to – well, you might not even have to. So he wants to take the backyard um, sports series, so like your backyard football, your backyard baseball, and convert that – well, he wants to buy it first off. Second off, he wants to get it back and up and running third he was talking about could you imagine playing that on your phone because it's not that hard to put together and Mm -hmm. yeah make that a free app like you know make it customizable Mm -hmm. or something make it like a retro bowl to where you can customize teams and do stuff like that but make it very minimal and like it sounds like he wants to do that and for one of the 
I, I'll put it up there. I'll say it. It's one of the best sports games ever made. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it can definitely be put together correctly and, you know, given the right resources, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that he's just going to stay where he's at right now. I don't think he's going to move. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he'll be back with the Eagles in some capacity, whether it's like, like an assistant old line coach or, you know, something like that, or like an area scout or something. Yeah. A um, locker room. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, you know. Yeah, I think he'll be back no matter what. And and honestly, though, I think if it was up to him and it was just Jason Kelsey and he was a bachelor and he, I think he'd be back for another season. Um, yeah. But then you listen, I, you know, I don't know how many people listen to the Kelsey documentary and whatnot, but a big part of that was was uh, Kylie, who is wonderful and amazing. Um, She's awesome. Kind of, yeah, but ha- has made her voice very known that she wants him to retire. She wants him to to, you know, be a dad and, and not that he's not a dad and not an awesome husband already, but, but to, to be around the girls uh, much more. And I think that's the holdup is like, if it was up to him. He'd be back for another year, no doubt. Uh, but it's not only him. He has to think about, you know, yeah, everything else with, within his life and his family. Exactly. Um, again, I'm leaning that he, he's, le- I would be pleasantly surprised if he comes back. Uh, like you said, I think he's just waiting for, for um, a good time. And honestly, he might just be waiting for, for Travis. I wouldn't be surprised if Travis wins the Super if he wins the Super Bowl, if he just retires. And him and Jason both retiring the same year would allow them to both be eligible to make the Hall of Fame in the same year and then them joining the Hall of Fame class in the same year. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that is also another factor um, as to like them waiting and maybe they want to do it together and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, definitely. I definitely <laughs> agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically it though for weekly news. Um, so yeah, like I had previously stated, we're not going to be doing pigskin payout or pigskin pay or pigskin pick them as well. Um, so instead um, I have, I mean, this is why we were a little late today. I already put a tweet out regarding it, but if you, you know, guys are watching live or, you know, listening, um, you know, we did start a little bit later or well, way later than we normally do. I was gonna um, say. <laughs> so, you know, but I needed to put this together and everything. Cause we talked about it last week. Um, we're doing a bears rebuild. Mm-hmm. And so basically this is just like, a. it's not as much of a rebuild as it is a mock off season. Um, you know, just because, Poles is doing a phenomenal job rebuilding this team. Like from the bottom up, he took out literally everything that needed to be taken out. And he's just, I mean, demolished it and turned it into something that's really turning out to be beautiful. So um, that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get started here. Um, I'm, I'm only making two cuts. Now I know what you're thinking, dude, you can't cut Bayless Jones Jr. In his third year. I didn't do it. I know. Let's be realistic. You should have going to do it. I should, you know, he's, he's only going to save me like $700,000. I wasn't going to do it. Um, but anyways, I cut Eddie Jackson and saved 12 and a half million dollars. Mm-hmm. And I've cut Cody Whitehair and saved $9.1 million. Um, after that, I re-signed Jalen Johnson to a five-year $90 million contract, um, $22.5 million guaranteed. And then I re-signed the long snapper Patrick Scales to a one-year, $1 million contract worth $100,000 guaranteed as well, just to lock down our long snapper for another year. Um, Keep in mind, not only is this something that I would like to do, but I'd like this to be as um, not only fun 
but realistic as possible. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, you know, for that, like, you know, I did make a couple fun signings that probably won't happen. Um, but I also made a couple reasonable signings in free agency. I had $42.5 million to spend. So I signed center Lloyd Cushenberry from the Broncos. Uh, three years, $6 million per year worth two um, and $2 million guaranteed. Um, let's see. I had Cameron Curl, the safety from Washington. Um, mm. I signed him three years, $42 million with $8.4 million guaranteed. Um, and then these were the two fun fun signings i signed running back deandre swift to three years um this is this is a hefty price tag and nine and a half million dollars per year and 3.3 million dollars guaranteed but it makes sense later on and then i signed wide receiver t higgins um to a four-year 76 million dollar contract worth 19 million guaranteed um so then four year how many 76 million dollars over four years and 19 million guaranteed um for the draft these are my pre-draft trades i have traded i know coming from me sounds a little weird i have traded justin fields to the atlanta falcons for a 2024 second and third and then a 2025 fifth um I'm going to go ahead and make a note saying that it's going to be a 2025 second that turns into a first. Um, but it, it's an it's incentive based. So he has yeah, to hit like yeah, X yeah. amount of things for, um, you know, whatever. But we, we don't need to figure out all of that. But that's it. We can only use a second and a third round pick this year. So. Um, and then not only that, but here's why I signed DeAndre Swift. It's because me personally, I don't like Khalil Herbert. So I traded him to the Jaguars for a 2024 fourth. I think it's pretty hefty price tag, but you know, whatever. That's why I laughed when you said realistic. Cause I saw it. Yeah. There's no way a team is trading a fourth round pick. There's no way a team trading a six round pick for Khalil Herbert when you could get a Let's guy. Let's say we threw in like a like a next next year, like a late round pick, like a fifth or something like that. I don't know. Okay. But anyways, um, here's my draft, my mock draft. Did you look at the mock draft? Did you spoil it? Yeah, I just looked at it now. Okay. Um, For the <laughs> number one overall, Caleb Williams, quarterback, USC. Wow. This is your guy. You need it. For the ninth overall pick, I have traded it to Denver for 12, 113, in a 2025 second, um, 113, for those that are questioning what round that is, it's fourth. Um, I drafted Dallas Turner at 12, the edge from Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then at 43 overall from um, Atlanta, I have traded – or I know, I'm sorry. I drafted Xavier Leggett, the wide receiver from South Carolina. Um, I traded 74 um, for – oh, I'm sorry – 74, um, 113, and 114 to the Rams for 51 overall, so the second-round pick, um, which I then flipped to Baltimore for the 62nd overall pick, the 93rd overall pick, and, um, okay, I'm just going to do this in rounds. A second-round pick, a third-round pick, and a fifth-round pick. So I got I traded back 11 spots for an extra third and fifth. Um, I drafted uh, Devondre Sweat, the defensive interior guy from Texas, 
Um, this guy is just tearing it up in the senior bowl. I strictly do not think he's going to be here um, no. because he's doing <laughs> that. But because of that, it's like, hey, he's here. He's, you know, whatever. We're, we're going to take him. Um, this is all according to PFF as well. So that's, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, also, pre, you know, um, senior bowl, pre combine, all of this. I mean, you know, who knows what's actually going to unfold. Um, I then drafted Christian Haynes, the guard from Connecticut. Um, Audric Esteem, the running back from Notre Dame. Cedric Van Pran, whatever. Uh, Cedric Van Pran, <laughs> the center from Georgia. Cade Stover, the tight end from Ohio State. And the reason why I did that is because he's more of a pass-catching tight end than a run-blocking tight end. And, um, you know, I did not retain um, – I'm trying to think of his name right now um our second string tight end from this year um Tunyon, robert? robert Tunyon. i did not i did not keep him um and then in the fifth round i drafted isaiah williams a wide receiver from illinois and then drake nugent the center from michigan um so all around um you know i filled a lot of holes um and i think that this would transform the bears into you know, especially with T. Higgins and Xavier Leggett and DJ Moore, that's a disgusting offense. Um, you've got Devondre, or DeAndre Swift and Roshan Johnson out of the backfield. Um, you know, I think that's also Whoa. good. You've re-signed Jalen and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, you've got Dallas Turner on the opposite side of Montez Sweat. That's just, I mean, this is going to be a good team. Uh, this is playoff worthy <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but, you know, I, I personally – for those Bears fans that are thinking, like, why didn't you trade Justin for a first this year? Um, me personally, you're not getting... this is a very you're not getting a first round for no. Justin. Um, but not only that, but I would almost rather have the second and third and then a conditional pick next year. Um, just because this is such a deep draft to where you can draft a little bit later and pick up these guys instead of just getting one pick for Justin straight up in the first round. Um, you know, cause how many of these first round picks end up hitting is for one thing for two, you know, I'd rather take, yeah, now I understand these are blue chip guys and it is a very deep, you know, draft. So these guys must be up there for a reason, but you know, if I, I'd rather take three shots, it's, you know, a couple things great with polls as logic and everything like that. Cause he's hit in the late rounds in the second and third as well. Um, and then, yeah, you true. know. Yeah, that's the one pick that sticks with you, but you don't mm -hmm. talk about, you know, Jaquan Brisker or Kyler Gordon. That's been tearing it up. That's fine. Um, Jaquan Brisker, I'll give you Kyler Gordon. The jury still has questions, but. Okay, well, watch a little bit more of his film, and I promise you, you'll change your mind. Not only that, but Tyreek Stevenson was drafted in the second. Gervon Dexter picked it up in the second half of the season. He was drafted in the second. Polls will be just fine. He can miss out on Bayless. Um, But anyways, <laughs> you know. Looking at this offense, and you know, Isaiah Williams is strictly just a, uh, a depth guy. You pick him in the fifth. Um, you know, I understand I didn't have any sixth or seventh round picks. Um, in this situation, I do believe that polls can generate more draft capital and pick more guys. Um, I think this draft class will be even more loaded for the Bears. Um, but this is strictly a mock draft by somebody who has absolutely no front office <laughs> um, <laughs> experience. So, this is this is I, it. So. What you think? Yeah, no. Uh, so in, in terms of offseason signings, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, stay off of Cameron Curl, please. He's my guy. I need you to, to find your own guy. Cameron Curl is no. mine. No. Take a step back. Thank you. <laughs> um, but then also the, the, the two things that, that, that really confused me is 
is um, as polls and, uh, you know, your polls in the situation as polls, why would you draft a running back in the third round last year, sign a running back to good money this year, and then I don't want to say waste a third-round pick, but essentially wasting a third-round pick on a running back this year when you're trying to build an offense around Caleb Williams and throw the ball more. It, it, I, 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 so so that that's issue number one is, is prior. Like there's way too much I, I think money and resources invested into that backfield. Um, and then at the at, at the center position, what, what what's 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 going on there at the center position? <laughs> you 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 uh, kind of the death. same. There's no well, depth on this team at all. Well, at the depth center is position, fine, so. but I, I don't know. Uh, investing that much money, um, and then going. Th- what I do like about uh, about Cedric is I do think Cedric can play other IOL spots. Um, Drake, as a Michigan fan, absolutely love him. Any team that's going to get him is going to be awesome. Um, he's going to play center, and that's about it. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think there's a lot of resources being invested in that center position as well that might be better off invested somewhere else. Um, if you guys have listened to this podcast for a little bit, everyone knows how I feel about specifically the fit of, of Xavier Leggett uh, to the Bears in the second or third round. So obviously I love that. I've been pounding the table for that for like a couple of weeks now. Uh, we'd love to see you come around to it. Um I think with pick 43, it's a little high. I, I don't know what the board looked like at that point. I would have maybe see if you could have traded back just a little bit further. Pick 43 is a little rich for Xavier Leggett at that point, especially considering there would probably be a guy like Tez Walker or, I, I mean, I don't think uh, Troy Franklin would have been there at that point, but a guy like Troy Franklin, Tez Walker, and A.D. Mitchell um, at pick 43, I think would probably have been there, and I would have preferred any of those guys over Leggett. Um, so if Leggett was the way to go, or if like you wanted Leggett and that's it, who you like narrowed in on, I would have liked to see a trade back. Um, but I, again, I love the offseason signings, um, and I like you know the draft uh, in general. Uh, Leggett and then the center running backs are my only my only big question marks with everything. Yeah, no, I I get it for sure. Um, you know, I want to look at one thing really quick. Um, just because I don't think okay, yeah, okay. So the reason why you know we're talking about like the running backs and stuff and why I drafted so many and wasted so much capital on it, I get it for sure. Um, the thing is, so like. Right now, the Bears have Travis Homer, which is one guy I would also consider cutting because you'd save an extra million dollars there. He's not really doing anything but eating up another million dollars. Um, Poles likes his running backs. He likes to keep it a di- like a deep room. Um, and you look at the Seahawks offense last year, um, you know, Kenneth Walker. Let's let's pretend, you know, DeAndre Swift is going to be your Kenneth Walker, right? And then Roshan <laughs> Johnson or, you know, um, what's it, you know, Audric, how did you pronounce his last name? Audric Estime. Estime. Okay. Estime is going to be, you know, your your 2A and 2B essentially. Because you look at Kenneth Walker's rushing stats, he took out about, you know, 50% of the carries, as he should because he's RB1. Um, But, you know, you look at Charbonnet, he's got barely over 100 rushes on the season. And that's after, you know, Kenneth Walker had been injured. So, like, I understand you want, like, a pass-first offense, but – you know, it needs to be a little bit balanced in my opinion. Um, and so looking at this, I mean, I understand like Caleb Williams and everything is going to be your guy, but this isn't Madden where Madden I just chuck it downfield I... and, um, you know, I get 500 pass yards Hold per on. year. 
I can hear um, what you're saying. My, this is 100% <laughs> my bad. My AirPod got disconnected. No, you're all good. All right, there we are. Yeah, so essentially what I said was like, you know, you're you're not going to be treating this like Madden where you're chucking the ball for 400 yards every game because you're just doing that for majority of your offense. I know it's going to be pass first, but this is still I, – I find it hard to believe that the Chicago Bears are not going to be Chicago Bears-like in just one year of change. Like, I just don't see it. So because of that, I want a little bit more depth. Roshan didn't get that much, you know, um, of opportunity in this year Mm. so that's why i'm just like you know screw it man let's just let's just try it out see what happens and then you know if roshan i mean you know given that he's a very i'd say angry runner you know what i mean um roshan is like a bulldozer it's also a little risky in that sense because roshan landed on the concussion protocol i think twice last year so you know just you know getting a little bit of depth i understand the third round pick is a lot to give up but it's also a late third and, um, you know, I understand like, yeah, like, you know, you want this guy to be your primary back if that, and mm-hmm. I think that he has the opportunity to take over after Swift, you know, gets rid of that contract at three years. Um, you know, but who knows, like maybe they cut Swift after a year or two of him being on the team and then they commit, um, to estimate, you know, full-time or Roshan full-time or whatever it is. And you just keep that steady rotation. I I find it hard to believe that we won't take a running back this year, whether it's on the third round or not. So that's, that's my analysis on that. Yeah. In, in terms of running back, I think I would have rather seen, I mean, even if you're going to, cause you, again, you have a dude who, I mean, hopefully you're paying Swift because you believe in the running back he is. So, so you have, you have your bell count back. Um, you know, at least I would hope so if you're paying him $9 million. Um right you know, this year. So you have your bell cow guy. And then again, you have the dude you drafted last year. I understand wanting to do depth. I think I would have liked to see you guys, uh, you know, if I'm just critiquing and obviously this is me critiquing, you know, no one's going to draft perfectly and so on and so forth. Um, But I think I would have liked to have seen, um, you know, maybe someone like Marshawn Lloyd um, drafted in like maybe the fifth round or something. Marshawn Lloyd, for those who don't know, is the running back at USC. Um, or even like a Will Shipley who might be taken a little bit later, someone more in the fifth round, or if you're looking for that angry runner, because uh, that's, those who don't know estimate, like that's estimate, he's going to get you a short yard, he's going to go, he's going to hit you, and he's going to truck someone over and he's going to run someone over. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking for that back, there's even a guy named Ray Davis um, out of Kentucky who, who's going to be a nice little power back. They're drafted late. Um, and then if you're cutting um, – um, Gosh, uh, Eddie, I would have liked to see maybe a safety drafted there as well. Obviously, you, you signed Cameron Curl, um, but I, I would have maybe liked to see an investment there, maybe with that third-round pick instead of using it on um, a guy like um, uh, like Adric Estime, maybe a, a Jane Hicks. Jane Hicks is one of my guys, those who have, uh, haven't listened to the podcast. I wouldn't say my guys, but I'm a fan of Jane Hicks. Um, I like my box safeties uh, for those who, who haven't been around uh, for as long. Um, and Jane Hicks is exactly like that. Um, I love my box safeties or even maybe a tri- uh, Tyreek Smith or I, I don't think Javon Bullard would be there at that point. Um, but, but maybe a safety there. I think if I could have changed anything, that would, that would have been it. But again, I think it was a good draft. You know, this all this critique that people are hearing, but I, I think it was a, a, a good draft. So don't don't get that twisted. I, I like the offseason. I like the draft. Just small critiques. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I appreciate so. it. I, I mean, you know, everybody knows that I've I've kind of worked a little bit more on the draft Love to um, see this it. year. So I feel like the people that I chose specifically at these spots, I feel like, you know, you guys probably would have done around the same exact thing, given, you know, you guys might disagree with me about the running back, but, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, the O-line parts, you know, drafting Sweat in the late second, um, you know, drafting Leggett in the um, second as well. Drafting Dallas mm. Turner at 12 to put alongside Montez Sweat sounds scary for opposing sides, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, Caleb Williams at one is a no-brainer. But then you look at, you know, <laughs> guard, you know, I mean, guard depth in general is huge, especially because you and I both saw Tevin Jenkins get hurt, like, bad against Philly. He played good when ago. he was in, but he yeah. just, yeah. Like, Don't get me wrong. Hurt. My thing is this. You have Nate Davis, who, by the way, if you watch the quarterback school at all, like oh you'll see it. And I know that that YouTube channel is. Yeah. But I know like that YouTube channel is strictly about the quarterback. But please watch the O-line, too, because Nate Davis is clueless. You get a good center and you get a good guard, maybe even in the draft. Like you said, Van Pran could potentially switch to guard. You've got mm-hmm. a young core, which, by the way, did you notice I didn't take a tackle? Um, I'm keeping Braxton Jones at left tackle. You've got a young offensive line there. I mean, think about that. Braxton Jones, Darnell Wright at the tackles. You've got Tevin Jenkins at your your you know left or right tackle, wherever you want him to be, which in my opinion should be on the right hand side because him and Wright would just tear stuff up. Um, yeah. But you know, and then you've got your rookie guard um, on the other side, and then you've got either you know Cushenberry. Or you know a Drake Nugent, for example. Who I would knows? hope it's Cushenberry. <laughs> I would yeah. too, just for the first year or two. But you've got him signed down for three years for six million dollars each. So it's a you know it's a it's a short term contract, I would say, which it's cheap too. So you can get out of it. It's fine. There's two million dollars guaranteed. Cut your losses mm-hmm. and start your young guy. But that's something to be excited about if these offensive linemen can actually hold up with. You know, and and obviously you want to protect Caleb Williams as well, too, just because, you know, you don't think that he does well against pressure, especially from the interior. So what you what you should do logically in that sense is draft for the interior. So um, that's where I'm at. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's it for the Bears rebuild. Um, Yep. But, you know, Ben, you want to you want to move on to the second to last segment we have today? Yeah, real quick here. Um, yeah, no, if you guys could get Tavondre Sweat in the second round <laughs> that late, uh, ridiculous. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Tavondre Sweat, I, it's a reach and I understand, but Tavondre Sweat is a guy that I'm going to continuously mock to a certain team in the first round, um, which uh, Ryan knows who it is, but I don't want to say it uh, until we get into the draft season a little bit. Um, and weeks. then, like, know. yeah, and then, like we said, um, last podcast episode, um, the week after the Super Bowl ends, we're going to start our uh, kind of our draft rankings and, and dig a little bit more into that, which we love to see that you're getting into it. Um, but the edge class is going to be really interesting. I, I think that's the mm-hmm. only other place where people uh, would maybe disagree because every there, there are three very, very good edges within this class, and it's three of them, and then a little bit of a gap um, in verse Latu and uh, Dallas Turner. So it'll be mm. really, really fun. Obviously, I think we know who your edge one is. Um, so yeah. it'll be really, really fun to see uh, how all that turns out. So if you guys disagree with with any of my takes, any of Ryan's takes, whether that's on the draft or anything else, just stay tuned because it is about to be draft season and we are about to dig into it. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
which by the way, um, we have officially, I mean, after today, it'll be mm-hmm. 29 days left. So count it, count it as two weeks left now, just because this episode will be put out on Thursday um, at 10 a.m. And, you know, or I'm sorry, four weeks left, four weeks left until the scouting <laughs> combine. Um, and, and that is, I mean, so exciting just because for one, we'll be able to put out an episode the day before we're supposed to go the first day. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll figure out one way or another to get it done. Um, and then for two, um, you know, we'll be right back right after the end of it, but that doesn't mean we're going to stop with the content for the first time ever (laughs) in pigskin project history. I believe that when we go, I'm, I'm looking at the calendar right now. Um, because the dates are, let's see the 29th, um, the first, the second and the third. So, um, you will get probably five days straight of pigskin project content is what I would say. Um, yeah. just because, you know, you have the podcast and then you've got the four days worth of the scouting combine on our TikTok. Mm-hmm. So um, just something to keep track of. If you aren't following us already on there, definitely check us out. But um, until then, let's start talking a little bit more about college football. Pro football isn't the only game in town. Let's take a stroll to Ben's college corner. Let's go. Sweet. Yeah. Um, like I said on the podcast last week, and like I said like 30 seconds ago, um, this will like soon just be not in the podcast like script anymore because we're just gonna be talking about the draft. Um, and we just won't be talking about college football because <laughs> um, we'll be talking about the draft. So um, so soon this will be out, out of the script completely. Um, but honestly, we're just gonna use this to talk uh, more about basically the draft. Uh, the segment here today is just going to be talking about our, our two uh, postseason kind of bowl games, uh, and the two big ones are going to be the Shrine Bowl and the Senior Bowl. Um, Shrine Bowl a little bit lesser known than than your Senior Bowl, uh, but it's along the, the same lines. It, it, it's going to be your um, – I think they're both um, juniors now are eligible for it as well, uh, but it's just guys who are going to try to raise their draft stock coming in. And, and, and the big part of it, obviously, they play the game and whatnot. But the big part of it is the practices that we see because uh, these guys are working with uh, NFL coaches. Um, and then you're going to see these guys, you know, guys like Quinion Mitchell, who we'll get into in a second, um, playing lower level um, normally throughout his college career, now playing against guys like Ricky Pearsall, Roman Wilson, and, and stuff like that. Uh, so these are awesome. Uh, there's a lot of amazing names, especially at, at the um, Senior Bowl for those who, um, you know, na- names that you'll hear throughout the draft process now. Um, and I'm going to run through it. It's a long list. Uh, we got uh, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, Ennis Rickstraw Jr., Kalen King, Chris Braswell, Troy Fatnow, um, Graham Barton, Byron Murphy, Ladd McConkey, Roman Wilson, Quinion Mitchell, uh, Spencer Rattler, um, and Ricky Pearsall. And those are guys just like, you know, that I would hope that at least more than more than 50% of the people that watch college football uh, know those uh, names. Oh, yeah, and then um, Fuaga and Latu Latu as well. Um, so there's great, great, like, talent here. Um, and there's always good talent in the Senior Bowl, but more than ever I feel like the talent uh, this year is full of guys that are going to go within the first three rounds, which we don't usually see as much. Um uh, but it, it, it is going to be fun. If you guys don't watch it, I think the practices are streamed on NFL Network. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure you can see the practices on NFL Network. 
Um, but jumping right into it, uh, there's been a couple uh, standout names uh, so far throughout the process, uh, and that will be Live McConkey, Roman Wilson, uh, Quinion Mitchell, uh, Spencer Rattler, I heard is looking amazing, and then uh, Ricky Pearsall. Um, but as far as the wide receivers, uh, Lad McConkey's that, that wide receiver out of Georgia um, will probably be drafted, I would say, late second, early third round. Um, he is, by all accounts, looking like Cooper Cup. People are going to say that. Um, but a, a great comp that I heard Matt talk about would, would have been um, Amon Ra. I don't think I'm quite there yet, but that's who Matt likes. Uh, and the play style is pretty similar. Um, Roman Wilson, he has been lighting this thing on fire. I mean, if anyone's draft stock is going to raise as much as you know you know has the biggest bump in their draft sockets roman so far um he's been routing people up like he has not allowed any contact within his chest for the most part um and then the other big name there would have been quinion mitchell and we've seen quinion and roman really go at it back and forth uh so it has been a lot of fun uh and then quinion was a dude who um has been bordering on the edge of of uh, round one uh to round two um, he's and going I think, yeah, sure. he's going well, and exactly, especially with what we've seen, I think he's going round one. Um, and it's what I've said I, I, before this even happened. I said, I think a team's going to fall in love with him and take him higher than what people would have expected. Um, and now this just firmly supplants it even more. Um, again, people, you know, were questioning people had like their four with, um, uh, Nate Wiggins, Cooper DeGene, uh, Terry on Arnold and Kool-Aid. And then people said, Oh, there's a gap. And then it's Quinion Mitchell and then a gap and then the rest of the guys. But I think after the way that Quinion has played, he, he's kind of bumped himself up uh, kind of into that top tier category. And like I said, I think a team is going to absolutely fall in love with him. And I think he's going to go in the first round and he's met with the Eagles. I would not mind that at all. Just have two athletic freaks in Quinion Mitchell and um, Kelly Ringo on the outside for the next, you know, seven years. Uh, sign me the heck up. Um and then uh, just Fulaga, man. For those who who know, Fulaga's my guy in this draft. Uh, Talese Fulaga, he's the offensive tackle out of Oregon State. Uh, he had not allowed a single sack ever in the history of him playing. Um, and you're like, wow, he must be a, a good pass blocker. Yeah, he's the best run-blocking tackle in this class without a doubt. I mean, he's a road raider. He's a dude who you build your run game around. Um, he's he's I absolutely love him. Um, I have said it before and it's not going to happen. I'd love for the Eagles to trade up for him and, and him just be our right guard and just, you know, throw our hands up and say, now we have our right, our, our right tackle of the future. I love him again. He, for those who've been following for a very, very long time, Devontae Smith um, has been my favorite player I've ever scouted. Um, and again, that was before the Eagles even drafted him. He's my favorite player I've ever scouted. Fuaga um, is not, not there, but Fuaga is a second and it's very clearly, Devontae Smith, uh, Fuaga, and then everyone else. Absolutely love him. If you guys haven't watched him, uh, go and watch him. Um, and then, like I said, next week we will be getting into quarter. Uh, two weeks from now we'll be getting into quarterbacks. Um, I think Ryan's going to do 10. I'm not going to do 10 because I'm gonna, just going to do the dudes nine. I have draft. Nine. I'm going to do the dudes I have draftable grades on. Um, I don't think there's 10 quarterbacks that should be drafted in this class. There probably will be 10 quarterbacks just because, as we see, teams like to um, prioritize the quarterback position. Uh, but I don't think there's 10 draftable quarterbacks. Um, I'm saying that now. I haven't dug into the quarterbacks just yet. Um, but uh, in, in two weeks, we'll dig more into this draft class, guys. Do you remember how much hype Spencer Rattler got? And now it's like, cool. 
Like he's a cool. guy. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, uh, Sam Howell, man. Two years ago, yep. everyone's like, these guys are gonna be the first overall picks, and yeah, yeah. Well, so. What happened to that? Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and play some Weddle. It's time for America's favorite game, Weddle. All right, so. I, believe it or not, have been practicing, so I'm excited for this. I have um, not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get it started. Um, let me get rid of this really quick. Um, so sorry. Here we go. And cool. All right. So you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, we'll do Devontae Smith this time. We always go AJ Brown, but we'll do Devontae Smith. No way. Okay, oh! I was going to say, the one time it could have been. If it would have been AJ, I would have been <laughs> Um. All right, let's see. Um. Philly player, I don't know, Um. higher up. So, Goddard? Yeah. Cool, all right. Awesome. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm going to start us off. Gervin I'm waiting for the date to actually be Gervin Dexter. Please, dude. Please. It always scares me. I always like clinch my butt when you when you type in Gervin Dexter to start. <laughs> um, all right. So, a defensive player that is that doesn't really rule it out. It could be an edge player too. I was gonna say small, but Gervin Dexter six six, so it's not really saying much. Um, mm-hmm. He's out. At least he's not young and he's a defensive player in the AFC. You didn't really give me much there, bud. Um, gosh, uh, defensive player in the AFC. Uh, I don't know, Drew Tranquil. D R U E. All right, 28 in the AFC. So he's definitely a DB with the height like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um Youngin. Oh, that 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 does that bodes well for me. I don't think he's Oh no, wait, no, twenty-eight. I'm sorry. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight in the height is just that <laughs> Kyle Hamilton's <laughs> um, <laughs> Kyle let's Hamilton's see. like six four. I'll be out there, man. Think. Um, I thought he was young. I saw I saw the twenty three and ended. thought that was age. Shame. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Jesse Bates. Mm-mm. No, there's safety. A safety. Yeah, and he's and, in Atlanta. Yeah, so he is a shorter safety in the north, south, or east in the. Um. North safety. Let me run through that list there. Gosh, I, uh, I don't know, man. Jeez. Uh, okay. Well, I can't think of anyone, and it, it'll be someone in the north, but I can't think of anyone in the north off the top of my head. Um, actually, Deshaun Elliott. Type it, Elliott. Yeah. AFC East, okay. Um, let's see. Oh my gosh. Um, 
I think I know who it is. <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> you better get it here, pal. I'll give you a hint. Uh, I'm not going to give you a hint. Never mind. I like. <laughs> I know. I'm so mad at myself now. I know exactly who it is. Is it like easier or like, is he a starter easy? You know what I mean? He's a, he's a starter. Okay. Uh, if, you, if it's who I think it is, he's a starter. Um, this might. My, I can't think of my AFC favorite Michigan safety. player. Probably my favorite Michigan player of all time. I'm I'm blanking on safeties. Okay. Um, hold on a minute. Uh, this is huge. This makes me so happy if it is who I think it is. Nah, because I think that he plays safety, doesn't he? It is safety. No, I'm saying quarter cornerback, not not safety. My bad. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Jabral Peppers. Yep. I knew it, too. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Bam. Bam. Because I was oh. like, no, because I knew that he was playing for the Patriots, too. And I was just like, I know that it's that guy, but I can't think of his name right now. Mm-hmm. So. No, Jabral I, Peppers. Uh, yeah, Jabral Peppers, I think, was in. I don't want to say still is because Blake Corms and Mikey Sanders still are both up there. Um, but I mean, that was easy for me. I'm kind of mad I didn't guess Jabrell. Jabrell is Jabrell's the reason I'm a Michigan fan. So, <laughs> all right, let's move on. What? What's the name of the segment? Oh, you're not talking about Ryan and Ben. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. I've got it. It's time for Gridiron Goofs. All right, so the inspiration today is all-time running backs, and that's from Adam Rank on Twitter um, because he was saying, where does Christian McCaffrey land on this all-time list? Um, I was talking with my dad about it. These are not our favorite running backs, but more so the greatest running backs of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Ben, I believe you had last pick, or the number one pick last time. Um, so you know i'll go first because that's a clear answer for me as a bears fan i'm going walter payton um your favorite he says well i mean come on it's walter payton sweetness baby come on all right you can Uh, go it's okay i would have picked him second just to spite you anyways Mm -hmm. even i don't think he's even the second best running back uh we're gonna stick in the division um and not quite the same time period. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, pretty gosh darn close. Give me Barry. It's it's best, yeah. yeah um, I, Barry, I think, is the number one running back. I mean, is that like a historical guy that everyone is going to say is the best of all time? But, I, I mean, if we're talking about, like, fairly modern-day running backs, I think Barry's the number one. Yeah. Um, give me Jim Brown. Yeah. And <laughs> my second. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the top three guys. Like I would say no. so. And then it gets and then and then it and then it then it gets more to your liking down yeah. below. Um the next easy choice is Emmett, but I'm just not gonna do that because I don't like Emmett Smith. Uh so we're gonna go LT. LT, okay, no problem. Let's see. Cool. L- Ladani says a couple obviously like Lawrence Taylor and everything. Ladani, yeah. Thomas. Thank you. Um, let's see. Um, 
Okay, that's that's where I was going to. So I'm like kind of blanking. Um, I I think Emmett would be the the clearest answer, and number like three or four. But I'm that's that's what I'm leaning to. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'll go Emmett Smith. Yeah. Okay. Uh, gosh. All right. What that? Who did I pick so far? You got Barry Sanders and Ladanian Tomlinson. And LT. All right. Um, this like might be. Uh, I don't think it's a hot take. Uh, AP Adrian Peterson. Uh, is he a good <gasps> person? No, but he uh is one of the best running backs ever. <laughs> so. All right. Um. The question is, is which Ram running back is coming off the board first? Right. Um. Jeez. Yeah, I'll go Marshall Falk because I was thinking the same exact thing. Okay, there you go. There you go. Um, well, then I will take the other one and I will take Eric Dickerson. Okay. Um, okay. Because, <sighs> okay. The thing is, is like, do I want to go modern with it or do I not? Just because, like, it's very sub- subjective. Um, you know, Gale Sayers, draft him. That's draft what I Gale was going <laughs> I was going to. I knew it. I know you, big dog. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you know, I. I know. I don't know if I could do it. Think. Yeah. Huh? I know where I'm going. Oh, man. I mean. Dude, I mean, dude, I really wanted Adrian Peterson too, and you just yanked him right there. Um, nah, I can't, I can't take him. I can't. No, I was, I was mainly joking, but then when you're like, yeah, I was like, well. I mean, I, I already got Walter Payton, and I already got Jim Brown, so I mean, I can't, I can't really fail here, can I? I really hope you don't go my last guy. I'm not going to trade you AP for him, but, like, if I could get my last guy, it would really – it'd make me happy. It'd really round out my list because I don't know where I'm going with. If you All right. Take you want to talk not, oh, not, not, not good guys? I'm going OJ. Oh, you're a turd. You're a steaming turd pile. You know what? <laughs> a you steaming hot good turd people? pile. Yeah. That's exactly who I want. <laughs> I'm like, do I do it or not? But I'm, I have to. Big pile of Steaming turd. Um, gosh, I now I don't know who I want to go with. I mean, if we're going like longevity, it's hard to not do like oh gosh. That's if what we're I'm saying. Longevity, like, I mean like Frank Gore. I mean Frank Gore comes to mind, but like he was never like the guy in the league. Right. But he has some of the best stats ever, and he has played for like 15,000 years. Um which is also really fun for those who don't know. His son is coming out in this draft. His son plays at like Southern Miss, um, and his son actually goes like is at the Shrine Bowl. So if you guys want to know more about him, it's uh, Frank Gore Jr. A uh, pretty hard to to mess that one up. Um, golly, dude, you kind of screwed me over. You know, I don't want to go Tony Dorsett, and I don't think I will go Tony Dorsett. Um. Oh. 
I don't know, dude. Um, I think you really nearly screwed me there. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with the bus. Give me the bus. Yeah, Jerome Bettis. Okay. All right. The so, best yeah. short yardage back. Oh, by the way, I'm genuinely mad it took this long to get into the podcast. Uh, and there's no one listening at this point. Um, Dan Campbell's call to not kick the field goal might go down in the history books as one of the worst coaching mistakes you will ever make. It is not it, it, it's not quite to the Marshawn Lynch, uh, it, it, and that was a little bit different because, like, I understood where Pete's head was at because it was only second down. We forget Dude. that, like, with the Marshawn Lynch, it was only second down. There were still two more downs. Yes, it would have been smart to give it to um, to Marshawn, but it was only second down, so it was a couple more plays. But to, to like, I understand you preach all of this stuff, but as soon as you went for it and you did not get it, the game was over. I understand yep. there was six minutes left or something. It was done. Your defense was not getting a stop. Like, it was just – it was – the moment that you went for it, it was bad. And people want to say, you know, you results-based thinking. The NFL is a result-based game. What are we doing? It, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's – I sometimes you just got to take the field goal and keep your hopes alive. And to go for it was awful. I said at the moment, even when they went for it before the results came out, it was not bad – or it was bad. I don't know what he was doing. It was it was stupid. It was dumb. Yeah, no, I was I was talking to Caitlin about it just because I'm like, you you have to do that. And and I'll even say this too. Um, you know, there's two minutes left in the game. Um, they I want to say they still had their timeouts. Yes. Um, I I still said, despite the fact they actually scored here, I said you still kick a field goal. She was like, no, why would you do that? And I'm like, because you have more time. Like, think about it, right? They had, okay, let's see. I'm looking at it right now. They were in um, field goal range. Let's see. At about a minute left, okay? About a minute, almost two minutes left. I think at that point you go for it just because you are so far behind. But my thing is that, like, you know, you kick the field goal and then you use your timeouts and whatnot over, you know, the course of that drive, assuming that you do get the onside kick. And they almost did, by the way, I which know. is even even in, more insane. But like, dude, I don't I don't agree with it. I think that he's trying too hard of, of being gutsy and just being that guy. But I well, and we saw it in, 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 in it obviously almost worked out and it was a blunder on, on the coaching staff or, or on the, the refing staff. Um, but I mean, we saw the same thing against the Cowboys going forward on two when you could have just tied it, took him to overtime. With the whole Taylor I was also Decker thinking, stuff. like, so I'll be completely honest for anybody listening. I'm not trying to flex or anything like that. I bet 49ers money line and over on points um, at halftime because, for one, I knew the Lions would blow it. Like, obviously, <laughs> I know hindsight's always 2020. And like, you know, Caitlin, she's a huge, she hates the 49ers. Like, she, um, I, you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, she was like, no, don't say that. She goes, don't, don't say they're going to blow it. And I literally, as we're walking into B-dubs, when the Lions are up huge in like the first or second quarter or something, I'm like, they're going to end up blowing it. 
She's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. I'm like, okay, well, I'm a Cubs fan. I know how this works with historically bad teams. Telling you right now, it's not going to end in their favor. And so I took a little quiet bet. I didn't say anything until the fourth quarter when the 49ers went up. I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. And of course, like, I don't know. I, I will say this. Shout out to all the Detroit fans um, around me oh. just because I didn't know you existed. And for one, and then for two, um, I'm so sorry about everything. I was kind of rude yeah. for you, but it's it's also a really weird spot to be in. I'll leave anybody with this. If you're the Bears, you can't afford to not pick Caleb Williams here because you've got a very competitive division that you're competing in next year. you got the Vikings who are playoff caliber if everybody's healthy. I would even say that if Justin Jefferson never got hurt, they would have been in the playoffs this year. And then you look at the, play, uh, the Packers as well. Jordan Love won a playoff game. Uh-oh, now you've got some competition. And then, hey, guess what? The Lions are still there too. So um, you got to get the generational yeah. guy and be Patrick Mahomes for a year if that's what you can compete in. But anyways, do you have any other comments to make before I close um, this guy out? No, uh, I'm sure we'll get into it next week. The refing was awful in the Kansas City game. Shocker. Um, but no, yeah, nope. Uh, stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Draft stuff is happening. Um as far oh, as far as like uh like scheduling notes, um, stay tuned. We'll give you guys an update um on all the social medias and whatnot. Uh, but Valentine's Day falls on a Wednesday. Um, obviously, me and Ryan are both in long term relationships, so we will probably both be very busy that night. So we probably yes. will not be putting out podcasts on Wednesday. You guys will be getting a podcast that week. Um, whether it's Tuesday, Thursday, whatever day we find fit and we can squeeze it like schedule find a way to pre-record something and put it out on wednesday and then drop it on thursday like we normally do if we can yeah. or something like that but you guys but, will get it one way or another yeah you you guys will get it but there might not there will most likely not be a live on wednesday for you guys to um like tune into and comment on because we'll be busy yeah. <laughs> exactly so, um, all right. Well, with that being said, thank you guys for tuning in to the 100th episode. Um, keep in mind, one month from now, four episodes, we'll be preparing for the scouting combine. So if you guys have any recommendations on content, what we need to do, what you'd like to see, um, your boy might be sporting a Caleb Williams Bears jersey, number 13. I'm just <laughs> tossing that out there. Um, anyways. That being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please comment anything else that you guys have. Um, follow us on all of our socials. And um, until next time, we'd like to thank Regional Radio Sports Network, Uppercuts Grooming, and Spotify for Podcasters for helping us grow as a podcast. And until next time, we'll see you later. This has been the Pigskin Project.